With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. for week four fantasy football they are josh allen against the miami dolphins jalen hurts against the washington commanders patrick mahomes at the new york jets and justin herbert at home against the las vegas raiders to nobody's surprise these are also quarterbacks of the four of the top five teams in projected points according to vegas all of them run a lot of plays they all scramble just enough in this game and the matchups look rock solid across the board just to and i feel like i have to do this for every single show just to give an idea for all of you what an implied team point total is. What Here you comes do the math. Here is comes the math. <laughs> you you take the total of the game, you split that in half. Then you take the spread, you split that in half. For the team that is favored, you give them plus that many points of half the spread. And for the team that are underdogs, you give them and subtract that point total from the spread. It matters a lot for quarterbacks. Just a couple notes real quick. Josh Allen, after quarterback 23 week to open the season against the Jets. He's now been the quarterback six and the quarterback eight. The Bills are nine and two in Josh Allen's 11 career starts against the Miami Dolphins. 34 total touchdowns in 11 games for Josh Allen in those contests. Now, mm-hmm. quite different when like Brian Flores and their guys that he hired, uh, you know, manning and commanding that defense. But against Vic Fangio, who's been a long time in the league, Josh Allen is quarterback nine in one of those performances and quarterback two with a 37.7 points per game against Fangio. I think that was last season or two seasons ago. What's happening right now is teams are choosing to run the ball against the Dolphins. We saw that a lot in week one with the Chargers. And then on top of that, Josh Allen's throwing more shallow passes than he has before. I think it's because of the formational change, personnel change that they have going on. So it's a a little bit more of a balanced approach. Um, But I do think that the Dolphins secondary is not that good. They are starting like a bunch of like backup caliber corners. In my opinion, I think that Gabe Davis and obviously Steph Diggs can beat them individually here. And I think when Josh Allen's in close games, a huge game for uh, who's going to be the number one seed, who's going to win this division. You see quarterbacks like him run more. Everything's on the line here. So I can see Josh Allen really putting this thing on his back here. And they're three-point favorites in that game, which might shock people with how the Dolphins have opened the season. And just for Dolphins Twitter and commenters out there, I think Javon Holland is an awesome safety in mm-hmm. the league. Just two more notes because I have them written down here. For Jalen Hurts, uh, regression is actually hitting him with passing points. We use that word a lot this summer. But the rushing yards uh, also have been regressed, but not the tush push, obviously. Uh, yep. On 32 dropbacks against man coverage this year, he's only completed 15 of 29 passes. But the commander's defense has only played main coverage on 20% of their snaps 
so far this year. And we know that they've allowed strong performances to Russell Wilson, quarterback three in that week, and Josh Allen, quarterback eight in his week. So this is a wheels up time for Jalen Hurts, obviously. Yeah, it's been the success rate that's been on my radar, um, but there's still big plays. Even the success on average isn't there. They're going to be ripping plays downfield, and he's once again tied for the NFL lead in inside the five-yard line touchdowns with three of them. And final note with Justin Herbert against the Raiders. The Raiders have allowed multiple touchdown passes in every single game so far this season. Okay, that means we ticket on over to the second tier, the lock them in tier, as we like to call it, Tua Tungavailoa. At the Buffalo Bills, again, 25 and a half team total implied here, but they are underdogs by three points in the road. Yeah, this is just a fantastic matchup. I have my uh, matchup charts here, and obviously the the Dolphins are basically top three in every single offensive category. The Bills quietly have been top 10 in most of the defensive categories as well. So this is going to be a fantastic game. One thing that is on my radar just a little bit is last year in this matchup, the Dolphins did run the ball a little bit more. Uh, than they had in, in previous matchups. Um, but really what the, the fascinating part about this game is the Bills right now are number one in sack rate on defense, but it's basically impossible to sack Tua because he's releasing the ball 2.2 yards after the the snap. That's got to be an NFL record. We've never seen an offense like this before, so I'm just curious to see how they're going to defend this. I threw out there on Twitter, maybe rush with three. If they're just clogged the middle of the field, if you're not going to get home anyways, we'll see what the the, the Bills are going to do. But these teams have faced each other so many times that you have have to think that the Bills would have a better game plan than like just your Joe Schmoes walking in there for the first time. And historically, a Sean McDermott style of defense has kind of been very basic and vanilla with their approaches, just trying not to allow big plays on the field. But I do wonder if they kind of change it up this week. But yeah, like 2.16 seconds last week of his time to throw. It's Wild. indefensible when you're also previous to last week. Uh, throwing it further down the field than anyone else at the exact same time. Uh, this was a amazing note from Rich Rebar in his worksheet over at Sharp Football. Tua has the same number of completions, attempts, touchdowns, and interceptions that he had through the first three games of last season as well. Um, we know how hot that start was, and they're doing it in like a very different way this year too. So uh, props to Mike McDaniel, that's for sure. Also props to you and scheme just looking at this video from week one, just how much this video like truly matters. The motion that I've seen across the league, especially with this Dolphins team, I think it's been like the storyline of the season. So make sure to go watch this video. Just to tail in onto this with the Buffalo Bills defense, they've allowed just 13.8 total passing points over three games, but that was to Zach Wilson, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Sam Howell. So this is a much much different challenge on top of that. Okay, we've gotten some positive Anthony Richardson news so far. He is your quarterback six. I don't think he's totally cleared concussion protocol, but he has been practicing over the last two days, and uh, they face the Washington Rams at home. So this chart from Sam Hoppin just shows how fast-paced the Colts have been playing. They're number three in that metric. And then when you look at the actual physical game plans for the Colts, then you see... Uh, Richardson has three uh, touchdowns on nine quarterback runs. That's only in two weeks here. And Anthony Richardson's number 18 in success rate as a passer. And I think the reason why his success rate has been higher is because he's not a boom bust quarterback right now because his average depth of target is way, way, way low, only at five yards. That's the lowest 
in the NFL among all the starters. And I think the reason for that is they're getting production from slot wide receiver, Josh Downs, who's a fun wide receiver in, in that sp- sp- uh, specific role. And then Michael Pittman's working underneath and Michael Pittman's an absolute dog out there. So the Rams right now are 23rd in sack rate, 15th in passing EPA allowed. I think there's even room for those numbers to get worse. So I think this is a fire them up spot for Anthony Richardson. And they have the respect from Vegas right now at 23 and a half points on the implied team total. That is much higher than the above average category for Indianapolis. I'm excited for that a dot to expand as the season goes along. Cause mm-hmm. we definitely know that during his time at Florida, Anthony Richardson could air it out down the field. Now I think it's arguable other than Alec Pierce, which is firmly a hit or miss player. And most of the time it's a miss. Yeah. <laughs> it's, that's like their vertical threat right now. But, um, We'll definitely see those concepts as we go along. Like, again, Shane Sykin is kind of working around this six quarters of action that we have so far with Anthony Richardson and their winning games. I will say this Rams defense, and I'm sure Vegas has caught up because Vegas is way ahead of the game, even compared to this channel, which is crazy to think about, Hayden. Uh, but the Rams defense have faced the Geno Smith-led Seahawks, Brock Purdy, and Joe Burrow, and they have not allowed a quarterback to finish higher than quarterback 21 so far this season, which is a huge shift than we thought what the Rams defense would be prior to this season. Okay. Bounce back week, potentially Daniel Jones as your quarterback seven against the Seattle Seahawks, 24 and a quarter implied points. And he's quarterback 12 in consensus rankings. You're five spots ahead on Daniel Jones. How does that make you feel? It makes me uncomfortable, but back to the process here. We're sticking to the team totals. And if you disagree with me on this ranking, guess what? You can go place a little wager yourself here. So he's only trailing Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, and Justin Fields in the quarterback designed runs. I'm guessing that Saquon Barkley is going to miss this game, but if he's ineffective, ineffective, I think they're going to have to run uh, with Daniel Jones. And right now the Seahawks are really banged up. On defense, they're 29th in sack rate. They're 27th in the EPA allowed through the air. They're the second worst team against fantasy wide receivers. They're 23rd against quarterbacks. So really at home, it's a must-win game for the Giants here. Been very inconsistent to start, but we've seen good performances from Daniel Jones. And I'm hoping Darren Waller, this is the week where he can finally show up and like really move the needle. Uh, he seems to be a little bit healthier now than he was a couple weeks ago. So I think everything's coming together for the Giants. We've seen Daniel Jones rank as a top seven quarterback last year when the weapons are are were worse. So pay attention to the injury report because then we'll learn more about his own offensive line, Saquon, and obviously the Seahawks defense, which is a mess right now. Yeah, I forgot to mention, we'll get to tight ends and defensive tiers and rankings uh, after these quarterbacks. I will add that the Seahawks have allowed Matthew Stafford to throw for 334 yards, Jared Goff 323 yards, Andy Dalton last week. 361 yards. Wow. And as we see in the Pick'em projections, the Pick'em lobby, just 217 passing yards as Daniel Jones is higher or lower this week. I like it. it Let's lock it in. Um, It's weird. He's finished as the quarterback 29, quarterback one, and quarterback 33. But obviously those are very, very matchup dependent. Now back to quarterback rankings. And now back to Kirk Cousins as your quarterback eight. They face the Carolina Panthers implied point total for this team 25 in favor by four and a half points. It's such a wild matchup because the Vikings cannot run the ball themselves. They're second worst in rushing EPA. They're throwing the ball at the second highest rate in neutral situations. But at the same time, you look at the Panthers defense where they're weakest right now is their second worst against the run. And they've been pretty good against fantasy quarterbacks, top three. So 
Uh, I'm very curious to see what the game plan is going to be here. The Panthers are dealing with some injuries. They might be down both their starting linebackers. have already been missing corners. So I think even though it's tempting to run on the Panthers, I think they'll just put this thing into Kirk Cousins' hands again because I think that they still have a wide receiver advantage over the corners. Um, but it's a very interesting game plan because I can see this either way. I will say, though, Kirk Cousins, through three weeks, is the quarterback one in fantasy. So yeah. he belongs in this tier for sure. He's been a top 10 scorer in all three weeks so far this season. And a huge part of that is because they've been trailing. You know, they're 0-3 as a team. And we know in those situations, Kevin O'Connell loves to air it out. I mean, they have trailed for 73.5% of their offensive snaps so far this season. Classic. And Carolina on the opposite end has only led for 7.9% of their mm-hmm. offensive snaps. So we really don't know what it's like, as you said, from a game script standpoint of what the Vikings will do when it's positive in their end. And we kind of made that case yesterday for Alexander Madison while he's been incredibly gross so far this season. He is getting volume. And this could be easily his best performance, even though last week he got like 30-something touches for 125 yards. I'm paying attention to the offensive line. The Vikings have had some injuries, but it seems like they're going to get their center back Garrett Bradbury and their left tackle. Uh, Darisaw has been back in action. So uh, something to pay attention. There's another huge game when it comes to the injury report. So on Sunday morning, or Sunday morning, we should have a little update for you guys. I mean, four and a half point favorites on the road right now when you're 0-3 really speaks to maybe the state of the Carolina Panthers at yes. this moment. Okay, before we go any further, important message to all of you. We are less than 300 subs away for inning 80 thousand subscribers on this channel which is nuts when you consider i think at this point last year we had less than thirty thousand. um that's props to all of you really appreciate it especially the ones that have tremendous manners and you know believe that chivalry is not dead and when you watch that you subscribe and don't just click away and go about your merry lives so all of you we appreciate you quarterback nine this week is brock purdy brock purdy hayden um he has thrown multiple touchdown passes and eight of his past nine regular season games. Is it that simple? It really is. He's the quarterback 14 to start. I'm assuming Brandon Ayuk is in. I do think that does matter because I think that makes them want to throw the ball downfield. And it's hard for him to get the red zone touchdowns because they're going to be so efficient rushing the ball. But really, this just goes back to the chart that we went back to the top of the show. Like they're projected for the most points this week. Like it's hard to rank somebody. I know Brock Purdy doesn't do a lot on the ground. He had a pretty rough game, in my opinion, last week but it doesn't matter in this scheme with these weapons against this team uh it's wheels up time like if i had to move them up or down uh it would most likely be up i think he's firmly in this tier i'm guessing a slightly ahead of consensus here but this you is are. a team total uh matchup yeah quarterback 13 in fancy pros consensus rankings when they pull in you know 100 different analysts rankings and just average all of those when brock purdy has not been pressured this season he's only behind to a tongue of iloa in passer rating and completing 44 of 56 of his passes for 541 yards. That's that Spider-Man meme. Pointing at each other. <laughs> when Brock and these offenses, the same thing. Okay. Now to tier three and tier three, unfortunately starts with Lamar Jackson this week. It has not been beautiful so far, at least in the passing standpoint, it's helped with the rushing standpoint of Lamar Jackson. And it's not gonna be pretty with their implied point total this week, Hayden, because they're at the Cleveland Browns. Tell the people why. You have Lamar Jackson all the way down as quarterback temp. Yeah, projected for the fifth fewest points on the week as a team. Uh, there's nuts. A, there's a chance he gets his left tackle and center back, but at the same time, Rashad Bateman and Odell Beckham have not practiced this week, and we've talked about what this offense feels like. It feels so 
close to the line of scrimmage. That's where they're using Zay. That's obviously where Mark Andrews eats. Lamar Jackson could add stuff on the ground, which they are doing. But you got to give credit to the Browns. I mean, look at this chart here. They are number one. I've never seen this before. Number one against fantasy quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and tight end. They have all three of the top success rate games of the season. Obviously, they've come against worse offenses than what the Ravens could provide uh, at the top of their game. But what's been disappointing for me with Baltimore is they're still 30th in neutral pass rates. Like all this, like more, we're going to pass the ball more. We're going to throw the ball down more downfield. It's, it's not the same offense, but like just statistically, it does feel very similar to that. And this is not the matchup. I do think that miles Garrett uh, right now looks like an absolute superstar. And I do think that if these offense alignment aren't at the top of the game, they're playing through an injury that will be problematic for Lamar. Yeah, it sucks. I mean, we we were hoping for a massive Lamar Jackson season, and it can so happen. It's a long year, but we talk about implied points, favorites, especially when they're at home. Lamar Jackson is none of those things this yeah. week. He's only had 30 dropbacks under pressure so far through three weeks, but he's 6 of 16 for 56 yards and an interception. Now he is getting home rushing the football in those moments, but yeah, as you said, um, shout out to Jim Schwartz for his uh, leather shoes and how we can coach him up so far this season. Make or break time. I mean, maybe the biggest one of the week. Justin Fields against the Denver Broncos. You are right around with consensus right now. I I think the only question about Justin Fields against the Broncos is what wins, a bad throwing quarterback or just a miserable defense? Yeah, this chart also hilarious to look at (laughs) because there's just nothing going on on either side. Nobody's good in either category. The Broncos are the worst team. Uh, on defense against the run and the pass. That's what happens when you play the Dolphins. Um, But yeah, they've been terrible against fantasy quarterbacks. Obviously, I think losing their uh, defensive coordinator this offseason has proved huge for the Broncos. And right now, they're dealing with injuries. Frank Clark, uh, linebacker, another defensive tackle, and Purcell all haven't practiced this week. And that's why the Bears team total is about 21 and a quarter points. That's way higher than it's been all season. We also saw Justin Fields quietly Seven quarterback designed runs last week compared to the previous weeks, only that had like two and three in those games. So I think that we're going to see Justin Fields unleashed as much as we can. This is a bat fight, 0-3 versus 0-3, and that's why I actually have Justin Fields ahead, and now he's my quarterback nine ahead of Brock Purdy. Wow. You moved all these around. You're shaking and baking. Wow. Insane. Insane. Okay. We'll change things around. I will add a few pivot points where things can swing or pendulum points, maybe is the right way to put it, swing in one direction or the other. Denver is dead last in the NFL in terms of pressure rate. And we know that Justin Fields, when he is pressured, sometimes things can happen, but many times when he's pressured, it turns into sacks. Um, He's also been awful on throws 10 yards or further down the field so far. Seven of 22 with three interceptions. The Broncos have been equally awful. Um, they've allowed 79% of throws 10 plus yards on the field Mm -hmm. to be completed. So we'll see which one wins this year. So far, Justin Fields has thrown the ball shallower. I'm hoping that they just say, all right, whatever happened these first three weeks, we have like literally completely reverse it. Justin Fields should be throwing the ball more downfield. So hopefully this is a week to get the quarterback design stuff and throwing the ball downfield. Um, it's now or never quarterback 12 Trevor Lawrence versus the Atlanta Falcons. There's nothing wrong with Trevor Lawrence, in my opinion. That might be a, like a hot take at this point because it hasn't been pretty to watch this team, but it's just been like truly three or four plays, and that changes the outcome and the scope, and he's been let down by his wide receivers last week specifically. 
yeah, offensive line in week two, receivers in week two and in week three. It's, I would say it's a neutral matchup. I was like looking for like any big takeaways. The Falcons are 13th against fantasy quarterbacks. Uh, they look better. Jesse Bates is making play. That's been a huge acquisition this offseason for the Falcons defense. They're also really, really running out the clock on offense here. This game's in London. So that's another neutral spot as well. Like really just like Calvin really catch the ball challenge. Like that's what we need from him right now. And that's been like the big difference maker. But I, I think that the, the he'll have time to throw because the Falcons are 30th in sack rate. But the Falcons just their identity is so hard to overcome in fantasy because they just don't allow that many plays. Uh, opposing offenses are sixth uh, fewest plays on offense. Uh, this game is at 9.30 a.m. Eastern. Hayden's going to have his ham and cheese croissant in That's hand, right. as he always does on these London games on Sunday mornings. And we'll be live at 10.30 a.m. Eastern for the Q&A show. So I know many people do not watch the Q&A because of the London game, but put us on your second screen and we'll enjoy mm-hmm. it with you. Mm-hmm. Hey, do you ever check your statement at the end of the month from your credit card bank account and see just subscriptions randomly there that you either forgot to cancel, want to cancel, don't know how to cancel? I've been there. It stinks. It's this ridiculous process. And that is where Rocket Money comes in. It's a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills All in one place. Sounds incredible, huh? I mean, over 80% of people have subscriptions. And you and them can stop paying for the ones that you don't want. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. It's like finding an extra 20 or 40 bucks underneath your couch cushion to start the new year. So... Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash underdog. That's rocketmoney.com slash underdog. Rocketmoney.com slash underdog. Quarterback 13, Joe Burrow. At the Tennessee Titans, two and a half point favorites. This might shock you, Hayden. He's quarterback nine in consensus rankings. I get it. Matchup is amazing uh because this is the biggest pass funnel in the league and right now the Bengals are throwing the ball at the highest pass rate in the league i'm going to be monitoring the injury report here i'm not afraid to really move joe burrow up these rankings if it seems like he's actually making progress last week it was clear to me that he was still going through things and it just makes the explosive play a little bit harder because everything's so shallow and i I came across a crazy stat looking at uh, sports info solutions the Bengals don't have a single carry, and they only have two dropbacks from under center the entire year. They're the only team without a carry from under center, and no team has fewer uh, dropbacks from under center at two. And I think it's just because they don't trust Joe Burrow to move around at all. So the pocket could collapse against this defensive line, but at the same time, these these corners and the safety play in Tennessee has been really bad. And I liked the the scheme matchup that they went with with Jamar Chase in the slot. I think that's going to give them easy answers. So I will move him up if the injury report's kind to Joe Burrow. And T. Higgins had his brain depart his body a little bit last week, too, with some drops that would have changed the stat line. I mean, he did drop back 50 times last week. That still only equaled 19 points for the Bengals on offense, I should say. And he closed the week as quarterback 26. (laughs) So we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Okay. Deshaun Watson is the quarterback 14. He's facing the aforementioned Baltimore Ravens defense. They're actually three-point favorites here. 
Yeah, Deshaun's throwing the ball more downfield, and they are running him a little bit more, which is like good signs for what he's capable in fantasy. It's just been a brutal matchup facing the Ravens. I think they're so well coached. I will say they're still most likely going to be without Marlon Humphrey. He's still not practicing. That's their top corner. It's it's just a kind of neutral spot for Deshaun. I think that he looked better last week. I think there's a chance that he'll be a top 10 fantasy quarterback moving forward if we get another positive game here. Um, but at the same time, like I just have a lot of respect for the Ravens defensive coordinator. Go listen to Punchline Podcast. Uh, that was the reference with mm-hmm. Marlon Humphrey and Jack Settleman. Uh, it's on YouTube for all of you too check out um it's not a surprise when deshaun watson is pressured he's 12 of 29 with an interception um when he's clean 73 percent and four touchdowns yeah dak prescott closes out this tier as your quarterback 15 he's actually quarterback 20 in consensus rankings but this is a home favorite almost 25 points and favorites by six and a half i know it's the new england patriots defense but vegas expects a big week for the cowboys yeah, the problem is like some of that's because of defense. They're kicking a ton of field goals. They're running the ball way too much for my liking. But at the same time, I, I do think all that stuff will even out over time. It is a home game, high total. So I'm okay with being higher than consensus here, but I'm not expecting a huge game from Dak Prescott. The Patriots are fifth best against fantasy quarterbacks. Um, and we haven't seen like the offense fully unlocked for Dallas in the last couple games here. So I was kind of frustrated by how much they ran the ball. And I think that's why, uh, helped Dak Prescott throw that interception over the middle. Um, just didn't like the game plan last week. And it makes sense. I mean, the Patriots defense have held Jalen Hurts, the quarterback 19 week and Tua Tunga to the quarterback 26 weeks so far this year. We okay. might look back at that Patriots Dolphins game and be like, yeah. that was one of the best defensive game plans. And to hold that Dolphins team uh, back that much is was pretty impressive. Okay. Super flex territory. How about I throw like three names out there and then you pick one of them or two of okay. them and we'll talk about them. Russell Wilson, quarterback 16 against the Chicago Bears. Geno Smith at the on the road against the New York Giants. And obviously on Thursday night football is Jared Goff at the Green Bay Packers. So Russ obviously has the, the best matchup here against the Bears. The Bears also might be without Eddie Jackson and Jalen Johnson. They haven't practiced this week, too, so that makes that matchup in the secondary even better. So that would be the one that sticks out to me the most. But we have Thursday Night Football with Jared Goff. Uh, Packers, Lions, I can see this kind of being more of a slugfest, not like super high scoring, not like a bunch of play volumes. I think that works against Jared Goff. And the offensive line injuries, that's going to be a huge component of this game, I will say one of my favorite pick em projections right now, I have the lower on Jared Goff with sacks taken. That's at 2.0. So there's a chance that this thing gets pushed, but he doesn't take that many sacks. He push, pushes the ball out and he has the weapons to not let the Rashawn Gary aspect take this thing over because he has Laporta, Gibbs, Amon Ra to kind of dish the ball out quickly. So uh, not expecting a huge game from Jared Goff uh, just because they're on the road. Green Bay plays slow. So do the Lions. We typically take this moment to talk a little bit about the wide receivers and the offenses and Thursday Night Football. Let's do that for a moment. First of all, the Tom Pelissero television report that like both Taylor Decker and Dave Montgomery are going to be out uh, threw me for a loop because it was very different. And then anyways, he corrected himself. Um, that was going to be massive because as we have seen with Taylor Decker out, the Lions move Panay Sewell from right tackle to left tackle. Their backup right tackle Uh is injured. And so they're going to have their third stringer against Rashawn Gary to go along with, if that report was true, Dave Montgomery in pass pro. Um, now that, that 
both are playing, uh, I've so much of a better feeling for yeah. for the Lions because, as we know, so many of their explosive plays happen from under center deep play action, yep. and that's kind of different than you see with other offenses across the league. But that is so important. Obviously, both tackle play and then pass pro from the running back. So um, it's it's interesting how a misreport can kind of shift your brain of mm-hmm. like how an offensive can have success. But it did for me in that regard. Just to wrap up the fantasy ratings for tonight, I have David Montgomery as my running back 18. Jameer Gibbs is my running back 23. It seems like David Montgomery is like basically at full health now. And then Christian Watson might be on a snap count. There's been a couple of different reports on that. So I still have him outside of my top 40 wide receivers. Same thing with Romeo and uh, Jaden Reed. Jaden Reed's been pretty good, but I do think that a lot of the, the pitch stuff that he's getting the schemed up stuff, I think we'll start going to Christian Watson too. So I don't have any of those guys ranked very high. It's been interesting home road splits for Jared Goff on nine road games since the start of last season. Goff has just seven total touchdown passes. Uh, On the road with the Lions, Goff has had just one top 12 scoring week at the quarterback position, one week higher than quarterback 15. Um, And I think if there's one quarterback on this list that totally – outperforms your ranking of him, it's going to be Geno Smith. Sell me. Giants have blitzed on 55% of dropbacks, second in the NFL. They get home, though, on just 45% of those blitzes. Mm-hmm. They're then allowing 21 of 29 passes to be completed on those blitzes that do not get home. And Geno Smith, over the last year and a half, has been fantastic against yeah. the blitz. Sold. There we go. Okay, three more names in this tier, maybe four. Uh, Matthew Stafford against the Indianapolis Colts, Jordan Love also on Thursday night football. Let's just do those two. Talk me through them. Yeah, I think it's a good matchup for Stafford. The the Colts are 30th against fantasy quarterbacks already. I've talked about it repeatedly. Their secondary lost a lot of pieces this offseason. DeForest Buckner was on the injury report. We'll see if he plays uh heading into this week. But I think Matthew Stafford last week. Got his ass kind of kicked, but I think that will even out over time. I still have a ton of faith in McVay. Um, Note boom is healthy. Tyler Higby is on the injury report, but I think for the most part, things should look a little bit better this week. It's kind of frustrating from a fancy perspective that you can watch games and see Matthew Stafford elevating all the talent mm-hmm. around him, and he's still finishing as the quarterback 17, quarterback 23, and quarterback 23 over the last yeah. three weeks. But He's been really unlucky with touchdowns, though. Like His oh, yeah. yards to touchdown ratio is like completely off, so like there's some positive regression coming from Matthew Stafford at some point. Okay, talk me through Jordan Love. Uh, potential for, and he is going to play Christian Watson, but I think you've also gotten a couple of reports that he might be in a pitch count, a snap count tonight, too. Yeah, that's that's a little bit worrisome, but they've been making it work for the most part. I think the Lions, like on almost every single uh, metric that I'm looking at, are basically middle of the pack on defense, which I think makes sense. They play hard. They're well coached, but I think they're missing a couple of guys throughout. They have a couple injuries as well. The offensive line for the Packers has been a whirlwind. Again, they're listing like David Bakhtiari as like out for like resting veteran, which is not a good sign. Uh, Elton Jenkins, I think, also is out here. So not full health. For Jordan Love, but I will say the the Lions' pass rush has been very hit and miss this year as well. Um, so I think it's a, a neutral game for for Love too. It, and he's had great touchdown luck as well. Like he is one of just two quarterbacks that have scored twenty or more fancy points in all three games to open the season. But yeah. he's doing that by completing just fifty percent of his passes. And some of those passes that are going for touchdowns are just like the little flip passes too. So right. it's like. I, I think he's made some wow throws and you can see it, but I think the consistency for Jordan Love to me has been lacking. 
Okay, last two in this tier. Uh, Kenny Pickett at the Houston Texans and C.J. Stroud in that same game. Two quarterbacks battling each other on the surface. Yeah, I think that the Steelers offense over the next five games will look way better because of matchups. I think that starts here with the Texans. Texans defense has been playing like better than their talent, but they are missing the top two corners and they've just been kind of hit and miss when it comes to pressure rate in general. So I think Kenny Pickett should look better. And then CJ Stroud has just like been so impressive. Uh, I am worried about TJ Watt against potentially backup offensive tackles here playing spoiler. But I think for the most part, CJ Stroud has like been awesome throwing these deep balls he's thrown with the anticipation now he's been i think a little bit better than advertised when it comes to scrambling mobility so i think that stroud is going to be the real deal here it's just these two offenses probably are going to be hit and miss for the most part cj stroud is second in completion rate on third downs with also a first down conversion rate on third downs of 50 percent. those are i believe second and third in the league respectively for those metrics you see those big boy throws on third yeah. down, down the field. It's been awesome to see. All right, just to close this out with the what you do in tier, Jameis Winston, Bryce Young, Jimmy Garoppolo, Baker Mayfield, Sam Howell, Mac Jones, Desmond Ritter. That's it. And we put Colt McCoy as our uh, quarterback one this week, obviously. I have nothing to say about these quarterbacks. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Uh, that's going to do it for quarterbacks. We've got two more coming up. And we kick this off with the tight ends tier. The please save us. The man by himself. Travis Kelsey. Anything you need to say? His pick and lobby projections at 73 and a half mm-hmm. receiving yards. The next closest is TG Hawkinson at 48 and a half. So that's the gap that we know is going to be the case. Uh, the Jets, uh, good on defense, but nothing too exceptional playing for his babe. Uh, on TV, it's going to be <laughs> it's going to be a showing. Talk me through TJ Hawkinson then against the Carolina Panthers. I, you know, before you get into that, I do want to say that like typically I like to bring my own stats with this stuff and like kind of debate you on some of these players. I feel like with tight ends, it's gotten to the point where it's just like pointless. You know, you like, give it, it up. Pointless, it's pointless <laughs> to have a conversation about these tight ends because it's Travis Kelsey, then it's TJ Hawkinson, and it's like everyone else shifted around in an order. And it's like, does it matter? Like, should we just throw all these names up there and be like, hey, hope they get a touchdown unless they're these two guys or maybe three that get yardage? I'm making some minor adjustments. Like, I have a more positive report on Darren Waller this week just because they're playing the Seahawks. We've been really bad against safeties for the last couple of years. He's at least getting the routes. Now we have the team total up. So I have like a, I'm more confident about Darren Waller's projection this week. George Kittle, I'm going back and forth. I think Ayuk's going to play, and that makes a big deal for George Kittle. About the same time, they're projected to score 29 points against the Cardinals, who've also been awful against fantasy tight ends recently. Mark Andrews is the name in this kind of elite category that I have the lowest projection on, just because the Ravens are 30th in neutral pass rate. They're 27th in projected points this week. They're 28th in air yards. He's only had a 20% target share to start the year, which is like a little bit less. And I think the reason why it goes back to Zay Flowers, some of the dink and dunk stuff used to go to Mark Andrews. Now it's going a little bit to Zay. So I have a little bit less bullish of a projection on Mark Andrews. But those are the the top five that can like really go for two touchdowns and 100 yards. The rest of the tier is going to be harder to get there. I don't know. I kind of want to put Sam Laporta on that list as well, mean. because I don't know if anyone watched it out there. Our scheme short that we put out today, just about six minutes on how Ben Johnson is setting up play calls weeks in advance. A 45 yard touchdown to Sam Laporta is an example mm-hmm. of that. Instead of running 
a three-level uh, flood concept, which uh, Colt McCoy described as a Mardi Gras concept because you go from the top down with your reads. Ah, okay. So very enough. good. Tune into scheme. Um, and, you know, not many tight ends. We've seen Cole Komet and George Kittle. And this is a concept that a lot of teams are running because post safety just thinks, oh, this is flawed. I've seen a hundred times. And then boom, wide open space on the backside. But uh, yeah. Sam Laporte has been super nice to start the season. Yeah, leading the, uh, the, the position with 2.2 yards per route run, obviously because of that big play. But he's been moving the chains. There it is. Okay, just a couple more in this tier quickly. Evan Ingram, and you're even forcing me to put Kyle Pitts in here as a tight end eight. Quickly, Evan Ingram, when the new stuff is not working as well, and by new, I mean Calvin Ridley, it kind of, and when Zay Jones hurt, it makes sense then that this offense would kind of revert back to things that worked last year for them too, and that is getting Evan Ingram on the move, close to the line of scrimmage, and getting the ball in his hands and letting him rumble after the catch. Yeah, I think that's ultimately not what this offense wants to do, but I'm with you. We'll monitor Zay's practice reports this this week. I think that those two will be correlated with each other. I, I do have some Kyle Pitts takes. I will say oh, this. What? Why? You're going to give me all these stats that say, like, man, he's really good at this stuff, and he's getting a bunch of air yards. Does well, it matter? You, you stole Does my matter? Leading the tight end position in air yards per game at 67. Uh, he's a tight end eight in usage. He can't buy a actual target to hit him. Um, but there are odds of a spike week. So that's why I have him in this tier versus the other ones, because like you can see how you can get to 90 yards in a touchdown with Kyle Pitts. It's harder to find the 90 yards out of the next tier. So I'll leave it at that. He doesn't look right. No, Dude, just hasn't Ritter throwing the football. <laughs> yeah, the bigger problem is Ritter. It's it's not Arthur Smith. We have to stop blaming Arthur Smith for Kyle Pitts. It's it's Arthur. It's Desmond Ritter's fault. I mean, I, I would want to put Luke Musgrave there. Like, if we're talking about narrowly missed big plays at the tight end oh, position, yeah. Luke Musgrave tops that list this year. Don't you don't have to remind me? I've watched this uh, his game tape a million times. Uh, Detroit Lions have allowed the most receptions to tight ends. So far, he is so be I wrote quote so beyond due for a big play after being sailed again. Yards per out run 1.4, that's good. Route participation 82%. Those are both tight end worthy. He's actually second in air yards per game to Kyle Pitts. Uh, his projection is higher in the pick and lobby. We're bringing him up one spot. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I love Luke Musgrave. It's gonna happen eventually. It's, it is gonna happen. Yeah. It is gonna happen. Okay, after this, it's Pat Fryermuth. Uh, I'm just gonna list them. Hunter Henry, Dallas Goddard. Anything you want to say of these three? Because uh, two of them were taken quite highly as middle round fancy picks this year. Yeah, I think this is a good time to talk about uh, receiving touchdown regression because at tight end, it matters so much. And if you're chasing touchdowns too much, I think that's going to lead you astray. So like someone like Hunter Henry and Donald Parham are getting scoring more touchdowns than you would expect. Same thing with Pat Frymuth versus Jake Ferguson's way underperforming that. It's just a position that's so reliant on touchdowns that you kind of want to regress this back to baselines just in general. So I'm trying to do that with my rankings, but it's so hard because like every tight end is projected for like a half touchdown at best right now. So like we are more or less flipping coins. Just going back to Dallas Goddard, tight end 24 in usage. He only saw eight red zone targets all of last year because when they get down to the red zone, they just don't throw the ball there. And it's hard for tight ends to rip long touchdowns and the, Eagles themselves score long touchdowns by throwing the ball to AJ Brown and Devonta Smith. So every single week, I'm just reminded that Dallas guard has been overrated in fantasy for like multiple years now. He's mm. a fine enough player, but it's just hard to make the math work right now. 
Um, Because he just doesn't get like the receiving projection touchdowns as the other guys do. Right. I'd say he's a very good player, but it's Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown. And as we just talked about, the passing numbers for Jalen Hurts have not been good through three weeks so far Mm -hmm. this season. So when you're the third option of that, heck, maybe even the fourth at times with Olin Lidia Zacchaeus out there, then uh, this is what you get. Okay. Closing out this tier, Jake Ferguson, Tyler Higby, and David Njoku. I mean, David Njoku is a super talented player. Yeah. We were expecting a big leap from Luke Musgrave. And then Tyler Higby, like, I, he got the most volume of the season last week versus mm-hmm. the previous two. When we thought to open the season, he'd just be a volume sponge. Yeah, it goes back and forth with Higby. He didn't practice because of an Achilles. So I'm watching that. Uh, he's a tight end 12 on tight end 23 usage. He's the same player. Like, he's always been a tight end two. Or, and we'll see if the ball is going to go to Puka or Higby. I'm guessing it's going to go to Puka. David Njoku, he's the frustrating one. This makes no sense to me. He's a tight end eight in routes. Like, that's good news. The the Browns are passing the ball more than enough. He's somehow the tight end 35 in usage. His air yard is like at like one yard downfield. What are we, what are we doing here? What happened to the seam passes, the red zone dunking that David Njoku is capable of? So I have I have my ranking obviously well ahead of where he's been playing this year, but the underlying metrics, the routes are there for him. They're passing the ball a ton, and he's so damn good. Like we are due for a David Njoku. 60 yards and a touchdown game. Hopefully it's this week. Next here leads off with both Bills tight ends. We talked about in stats versus film that Dalton Kincaid, the Bills already lead the NFL with their 12 personnel usage. However, with Dalton Kincaid, that's gotten us very low a dots and very few targets through three weeks of the NFL season. Yeah. And when they get to the red zone, I think they have a chance to throw some balls to Kincaid, but Knox is a little bit bigger and he's been getting a little bit more of the looks here. And then same thing with the Chargers tight ends with Donald Parham, Gerald Everett. We have very distinct roles with them. Uh, Gerald Everett's only ran a route on 45% of the dropbacks this season. Donald Parham's less than that, but Donald Parham, he gets his routes at the three yard line where it matters most. And he's six foot eight or whatever the hell he is. And I think that once we get to the red zone, Mike Williams is out. I think that the Donald Parham stuff is like going to be legit, but he, we have never seen a touchdown or bus player like we've seen with Donald Parham. But I do think he will score like 70 touchdowns this year. Yeah. 35 year old Jerome Bettis. Uh, Donald Parham's like the touchdown ver- or the tight end version of that. Mm-hmm. I will say the thought process of, hey, tight ends and a Kellen Moore offense can score points. It has followed through. However, it's been split between two guys. We will see potentially the Chargers use more two tight end sets because Kellen Moore has some familiarity with it. It doesn't seem like they trust Quinton Johnson there. So there is a chance that Gerald Everett's routes go from like 50% up to 90% or something like that. And if that is the case, there is a chance that Gerald Everett could be a buy low after this week. Um, But it's just hard to project right now. And just a few names to go. It's like Cole Komet, Kylan Granson, Dalton Schultz, and then we'll throw in Taysom Hill. Any thought of playing Taysom Hill this week at the tight end position if you're like super desperate and you've been like trying to go between, I don't know, the Hayden Hurst and the Juwan Johnsons of the world because maybe you had someone else who just hasn't lived up to it because like it's Jameis Winston at quarterback and I, I, I bet we'll see even more Taysom Hill stuff at quarterback. I go back and forth with this one because Jameis being out, I think, helps him. But at the same time, Alvin Kamara getting back means they don't have to use the Taysom Hill stuff because it's more or less a running back spot. So I'm not sure which one matters more, Alvin coming back or Derek Carr being out. Uh, If you want to move Taysom Hill up a couple spots, I think that's fine with me. Middle of the pack projection for the Saints as a whole this week. Just a question. Uh, And then Jawan, Chig, Zach Ertz, and Hayden Hurst. And with Hayden Hurst, he got a huge week one. I think it also coincided with Adam Thielen having an ankle injury. And then since Adam Thielen being healthy and Hayden Hurst is barely involved, 
Did he know it's on Chig? No. 29 and a half receiving guards in the pick and lobby. Like, they're just not good enough. Like, the, the team's just not good enough. He's not an every down player. He is used, like, in these kind of like the Evan Ingram routes where it's just like by himself and stuff. Like, it's, a, it's just not impactful. And look, long season, maybe it changes, but this was my concern about Chigo Quanquo heading into this year when everyone was just saying, well, if his routes and his playtime just increases, then he's guaranteed to make it. Well, again, one, the Titans are going to be bad. Two, they add another wide receiver in DeAndre Hopkins. And three, we've used this yards per route run stat when guys weren't full-time tight ends a lot in the last decade and a half. And my brain just like kept jumping to Ladarius Green when thinking about Chigo Quanquo. It's like, these are the types that people fall in love with. And it's just so difficult to like make good on the promises of a part-time player having ludicrous metrics that just can't be sustainable when he becomes a full-time player. Last year... Chig was like had like six yards after the catch. It was like number one in the entire NFL. Like it was just not gonna happen at the same rate. Defense, sickos. You're wearing the hat, you're wearing the cap, some merch on the way from us. We'll let you know how you can get it later on. Uh be on the lookout for that. It's only for subscribers, by the way. So subscribe to the channel. Let them know what they can uh, expect this week in the DST section of fantasy leagues. So I'm back to using 2023 data. Now that we have three games. Uh, projected sack rate leads to interceptions. And then this is points allowed over here. So all your fun defenses are over here. Obviously, you have the Chiefs, Niners, Bengals are a good one this week. Eagles, Cowboys, Browns, Steelers, Jaguars. Uh, and then like the team that I'm dropping is like the Patriots just because of matchup this week. The Bills, same exact situation. You've been starting those defenses, but I don't think that you should this week. From the draft, I'd been using Miami's defense, and I dropped them this week to stream yep. the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. Um, well, I didn't drop them, actually, because the Dolphins then play the Giants next week, so I dropped yeah. like someone else. But I think Tampa Bay could be interesting this week with Jameis Winston. Obviously, some of this data includes mm-hmm. Derek Carr at quarterback, and Jameis Winston, either he has been super conservative as a starter or his brain departs his body a couple snaps per game. And he goes and tries to make something happen and mistakes happen from there. So I'm attacking a Jameis Winston-led offense with the DSTs this week. One last note. Bucks defense, so pay attention to the injury report. They had a lot of guys on that Wednesday. They might have been like all resting that once, but something to monitor. But that's why we had the Sunday show, the long-ass stream, because we update all that stuff. And also, I work on my rankings. It turns out I'm not done with work on Thursday at noon. I I continue to update my rankings. So for the commenters out there, uh, keep it updated on Sunday. Would that be nice? Like would be nice. a weekend each week? That'd be nice. Okay. That's going to do it. Thank you all. Again, 9.30 a.m. You have Croissants. London game plus croissant and some Earl Grey tea or English breakfast tea. Um, but while you have that game on, in the back of your head, I want you to remember, Josh and Hayne are streaming right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. 10.30 a.m. We're going to be on there. So uh, come join us. Ask your questions. We have fun every single Sunday morning. So we'll see you there. We'll see you there. All right. For Hayden, for Producer Weaves, I'm Josh. Up the villa. Talk to y'all soon. See ya.